very sick. Such a good shot. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just worst case Ontario. That might have been the worst golf shot of my life right there. We have the worst golf for a lot. That's why it's hell, folks. Oh, that wasn't very nice at all. Wow, I don't know when the last time I saw someone uh, snap a club right over their knee when they hit a ball. Welcome to the Bogey Society Podcast, episode 15, everybody. We have some serious tour talk this week with the Genesis. Some great storylines went down there. Crazy finish to the tournament. I watched the whole thing. Nick, unfortunately, was in the car on the way back from Chicago, heading to Michigan, so he wasn't really able to watch it. But, yeah, he was down in the city for the weekend. So did you have a good time, Nick? Yeah, man. We we had a good time. It was uh, my girlfriend's birthday, so we – we uh, planned some activities. Went to uh, went to a museum, which was pretty cool. Um, I haven't walked that far in a really long time, so my ass was a tired. Yeah, man. Walking uh, city for sure in some in some ways. And then we did like an escape room, which was pretty dope. Um, and then uh, we went to like this little this like little club. It was pretty sweet. So um overall it was a it was a good weekend i did get get to catch like 16 and on so i got the of the final uh, round yeah the of the final round so i got to catch you know the very end of it and the playoffs so i got i didn't miss too too much but it was you got uh, the important stuff exactly exactly yeah so that's cool so yeah i was uh i was in bloomington for the weekend so i got to link up with them on friday night we we kicked for a little bit Mm-hmm. Just chat, kind of hung out at the house or whatever and then I headed back down to see my family on Saturday so I was not really doing anything except sitting around and watching golf and drinking yeah and, and eating so made that skillet mac bro made that homemade mac from a pops Ooh, yeah so we uh we had some we had and then we had a little brunch a little mimosa brunch on Sunday and I just kicked it they got a cat <laughs> Speaking of naming cats after hockey names, guess what this cat's name is? Sydney. No. Because for y'all that don't know, Nick and his girlfriend, Electra, name all their cats after, like, hockey figures, correct? Yes, yes, yes. And so this cat's name is Lemieux. Yeah, uh, that was my next guess. Uh, Yeah. Like, the famous Pittsburgh players had to be Lemieux because – uh, your dad is uh, an older gentleman, so yeah. he's... and it's a little. Uh, oh, there's a kitty in the background right there. Hi, kitty. Was yeah. that her? Uh, that was Nikita. That was Nikita. Which player is Nikita named after? Uh, Nikita Kucherov off of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, because Electra named him, so that makes sense. But because uh, she's Lightning fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Cut. But yeah, and they also. It's also funny because like Le Mew cat little cat pun you know (laughs) yeah she's skittish though she was hiding under the couch but she let me give her a few pets is it a kid or is it like a full-blown cat uh she's a she's only 10 months right now oh she okay and then dude my grandpa kicked my ass in ping pong yeah i beat him pretty much always he smoked me he was just hitting these fast low ones across tail i couldn't keep up with him and, or my dad's girlfriend. I, they, 
they both smoked me, man. It, it was crazy. I didn't know you were a ping pong guy. I'm low key decent at ping pong. I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm pretty solid. I'm pretty solid at ping pong too. We'll have to. We'll have to get a match in sometime. Dude, absolutely. You know, there's a place. In, we're gonna do a little free advertising right here. There's a place in Columbus. It is called. Uh, it's a brewery called Brew Dog, and they have a hotel on the premises called the Dog House. Okay. Dude, this shit's crazy. All the rooms. There's a beer fridge in the main area, and there is a beer fridge in the shower with shower beers. Toothies in the bathroom for the shower beers. Then it attaches right into like you can go to the. Actually, in the hotel, there's like storage areas for all the barrels of beer and shit, so you can see all this stuff. And then you can go, they have a tap room that has like shuffleboard and ping pong and pool, delicious brunch with beer, like cocktails and the more, oh my God, man, that place is lit. Yeah, and that sounds unbelievable. Is Columbus too far from you guys? Uh, Columbus is pretty far, but uh, I mean, it's definitely drivable, but it is definitely a little bit of a hike. Yeah, maybe there's some good golf around there though, but I'm sure anyways. Yeah, I guess that's enough of the small talk. Let's get into the genesis. Yes, sir. So, obviously, it started with Sam Burns going wire to wire and was minus 12, I think, on the start of Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, And DJ, minus 8, only a few shots back. I'm thinking DJ is going to go off, man. And then he parred that first hole, just kind of a a sloppy par. That's not a par hole for DJ. No. Birdie there, for sure. Yeah, DJ, uh, you know, he he just didn't have all his, his whole bag of tricks uh, on Sunday there. You you uh, you kind of thought with how he's been playing over the last month that he was going to he was going to light up uh, light up the world on Sunday and kind of steal that tournament from him, but uh, he just didn't have he didn't have it this weekend. So I I put 50 on him and yeah, I'm like he sure he's going I'm like he's going to rip it up and then by midway through the front nine it's like this is not dj is not coming is probably not coming back today but after matt homa matt excuse me max homa not matt homa banged in that birdie putt on number seven mm-hmm. and then he got to solo second two back that was when i put the money on him uh i put 50 on him at plus 350 Mm -hmm. so that ended up being a great decision but it was looking crazy there for a while man burns was holding on yeah he he really was um and he he did have a chance there at the end to kind of backdoor into that uh and it just yeah he did it just didn't come around for him which you know is what it is but uh you know i kind of he messed up on on 18 with that approach shot and it just uh you know, he had to do everything in his power just to try and, you know, try and chip in. And it, it, yeah. just, it wasn't close enough for him. Yeah, he re- dude, that was such an important shot. He, he needed to stick that shot close and just couldn't just didn't quite do it, man. He could have been in that playoff. But I mean, as much as you want to like root for the rookie, I can't say that I wasn't pulling for him to just absolutely fuck up. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. My money was laying elsewhere, but. You always want the want to see the the kind of not rookie necessarily, but young guy who hasn't won. He's trying to break out on tour. You always want to see that guy get the win, obviously. Yeah, um, it just it it obviously makes a uh, a huge difference for you when uh, you uh, have money on the line. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
Uh, when you got money on the line, uh, you want to pull whatever direction it is. And uh, you were, uh, you were definitely uh, biting your nails there at the end because yeah. uh, Homa gave you a little bit of a scare that, uh, that approach shot he hit on 18. You're just like, Oh man, this is a sealed, it is over. sealed this, deal. It's over. over. Curtains. It's done. Goodbye. <laughs> Max Homa won. I was literally like counting my money already. And dude, he hit that. That was just such a nerve wracking putt. Like, cause you're sitting there thinking he can't miss this. It's three feet and four inches. He can't miss this. Yep. And honestly, even though they're talking about how he's doing this like positive mindset, positive thinking, really trying to focus on like being in the present and stuff, that putt is going to haunt him oh, because sure. that, I mean, and then that situation playoff, it could have gone so differently for him. So I'm oh, sure it's going to be dreaming of lipping that three footer out for and, a long and that's time. Exactly what I was kind of, kind of thinking too, is like, it's, it's obviously really difficult to try and come back after you miss a three footer and win yeah. the playoff. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, thankfully for him, neither him or Finau played particularly great in that, that playoff to where yeah. you know that they had to make a putt because both of them were still missing putts so it did kind of feel like it was looming over a little bit um to the point where that he wasn't making the putts but you know he just he was scraping around and getting pars and yeah I mean, that first playoff when he hit off, off of that tree and closed closed that club face to get that that ball and five feet the shit out of it that was one of the most unbelievable golf shots I've ever seen. I mean, I agree. He hit I that agree. thing so perfectly, and it and it it sat right on the green as soon as it as soon as it got on the green and was going like towards the hole. I was like, I mean, he couldn't have drawn that up any better than what actually happened with that shot. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. After that shot, I kind of felt like it was his his to win, and it didn't end up taking another hole, but you know, and he ended up getting the dub, but like, it kind of just felt like today was his day after, after he hit that shot uh, off that tree. Cause that, that was ridiculous. Yeah. I was telling you yesterday, like if that was any normal golfer or like any, like me, dude, I would have, I would have either clipped that tree or I would have bladed that thing 40 yards past. Yeah. Like, I mean, if that's, if that's just a normal person or shit, some people on tour, you're, you're fucking rattled when you see that, like you are, shook and you are not prepared to go and try to take off take on whatever you need to take on but that's just another thing he's talking about how he's trying to have this mindset of I saw his wife called him between the 18th and the playoff and reminded him of his mantra lately which is forgive quickly mm -hmm. so he's trying to just focus on the shot at hand and when you have a shot like that and you can keep the bad shit out of your mind and just purely focus on what you have to do. It's amazing what can happen. And honestly, when he hit that ball in the first angle they showed, I'm like, it looked like the ball was like against the tree trunk. You're like, yeah. well, he has no shot. He's, he's literally done. And Tony Finau just kind of had that, that green I've heard there. They say is real slippery, but that chip didn't look like too crazily difficult. Mm -mm. Um, and he just he hit a little far by and really he had a makeable putt and with the situation max homo was in it's like you need to you need to put the knife in right there man 100%. you gotta you gotta nail the fucking coffin shut and close that out he is up against a tree 
and he hit a shot to, I mean, you're punting from whatever five feet closer than him after you were, you had such an easier chip shot. Like it was, it, oh man, I like, I really thought Tony Finau was going to win there when that happened. And then when he missed that putt, it was just like, dude, you, I don't want to, you don't want to say choke artist, but it's like, how many opportunities are there going to be where he plays good, but just not quite good enough? You know, I mean, he shot 64, like, right. That's a, that's a eight under round. So, or six under round, no, seven, seven under because it's par 71. Yeah, I mean, he played really, really well. I mean, there, there's no debating that. It's just those clutch moments of, like, when he really needs to step up and make something happen, he just can't he, – he hasn't mm-hmm. been able to get it done. And, like, like you were talking about with, you know, kind of leaking into his psyche a little bit. And, I mean, it's every single week someone's asking him, you know – you know, about all about him getting close to winning and just not making the cut. And it's just like, how, how many more times is this going to happen to him where he has the chance to win and just doesn't get it done. And it's, it's really mind boggling at this point. There was a, they said it was over the, since like 2017, he's had um, 36 top tens. Yeah. 36 top tens. And does that, include 20 top fives i believe also yeah so So. that's that's a pretty that's very impressive but i mean it's also like dude you just how it's kind it's almost like ricky like a little bit almost worse than ricky at this point it 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 used to not be but everyone would always talk about ricky like ricky's not going to get it ricky has wins but he doesn't have a major and everyone's Mm -hmm. always talking about it because he always plays so well and with tony finau that's just literally every tournament not just the majors Uh, yeah every tournament yeah it's so that stat was most top tens in pga tours with uh tour events without a win since 2017 tony finau has 37 next closest to him is kevin uh steelman or yeah, Streelman mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Finau, and they both have 16. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, he's wait, great. who's the other one? Who else has 16? Uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's up there a lot too. But, yeah, and you wonder also now for Tony, does this fire him up even more? Or after this many times, is he, like, starting to get worn down and getting further because he's starting to question himself? You want to say he's going to keep that positive mindset, but underneath at the base of it all, like, can you really? Yeah, I mean, he, he had his opportunities to, to seal the deal. Um, that was his thing to win, and a, and a second place the last two weeks in a row. Right. that. And, and it really felt like he was going to take this one. He, he messed up on 18. This the, it shouldn't even went to a playoff. Like yeah, he that, approach, made that. that approach shot he hit that he left short that forced him to have to chip on to make the par. If he puts that on the green and he has a chance to put that, put it that, I mean, it, you know, it's, it could have been a whole different ball game. Um, it could have, but then also, I'm, I was wondering earlier, too, like, I wonder how much Homa pays attention to the leaderboards because, like, does he know right here? Like, this – I mean, you got to think he knows that that's the win. And, like, so. maybe if he knows he has to make this to go to playoff, maybe he he doesn't try to slam that. Because it kind of looked like he just hit it 
really hard and it just smacked the cup and kind of lipped out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if maybe he pulled it a little too, but yeah, you got to think maybe if Finau had gotten to 13 that Max would have maybe sank that putt and, and then, I mean, who knows what would have happened then, or maybe he still would have missed. And then Tony Finau would have, because once Tony breaks through, I mean, hopefully it's going to be big and he's yeah. going to get a lot of wins. Right. I, you know, it's, I, I, Honestly, I hope he gets a major. If, if, if he breaks through and he just wins in a, 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 you know, a random tournament or whatever, sure, he'll get the monkey off his back, but it would be a real big thing for him if he could get the, get the dub at, like, a major tournament and kind of get that monkey off his back and get some of that mojo off of him that, you know, he can't finish a tournament. If he can finish him, finish it, finish it off and win a major, like, that will just kind of not necessarily erase – the previous 37 times he's been close, but, um, you know, it, it kind of softens the blow a little bit. I feel like. Do you think that Tony Finau will win um, again? hundred percent. Really? No doubt in your mind. No doubt in my mind. I, he's playing too good not to end up winning. Like at a certain point, it's just like a law of averages. You know what I mean? Like he's going to get it. Like, yeah, but like, does he, does he have, who, I don't know, man. Does he have that fucking – it seems like the killer instinct just isn't quite – he, in any moment where he needs to step up and be clutch and fucking put the fucking knife in, he doesn't do it, man. Like He's been struggling with his putting, and that has obviously been a huge problem for him. Yeah, um, I saw – I pre- he, like, switched his grip this week back to an old grip he was using in 2019 or something, I heard. Right. So, I mean, when you're changing different stuff in your bag week to week and, um, you know, he's still playing well. I mean, he's obviously one of the best ball strikers in the game. And, you know, he's he, he's just so goddamn sneaky good. Like, you know, no one was talking about Fino. And that's how it goes he every time Fino, back. He shot Fino gets close. But, and, and, law, and didn't win. Like, yeah, that's, it's, it's really crazy, man. I mean, he, he's so goddamn good. And it just it's, it's mind-blowing that he just hasn't been able to get across the finish line. Dude, it looks like he shot the best round in the field on Sunday. Yeah, he shot the best round out of anybody on Sunday. And just couldn't do it. Dude, um, we need to talk about Cameron Smith's hair. Oh, my Lord, yeah. Fucking mustache. He has a uh, – he's the dude with the mullet, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that mullet is – Oh, wait, should we – shit, he's on fan or foe, right? Uh, he is. Let's save it. Let's yeah, – we'll right. we're skipping yeah. the mullet, guys. We're going to talk about the mullet. Just, just wait for a little yeah. bit. I did want to ask you mm-hmm. – um, these purses are getting fucking crazy, man. Do you know how much Max Homa won? How much? 1.6 mil. Wow. That's a good payday, eh? On Wednesday, fucking Wad Wednesdays, bro. He's going to weigh over one. His account is going to have 1.6 million more dollars than it had the day before. And you know what's crazy is that last year he was really struggling on tour and, you know, wasn't doing too well. And he only won 18K last year. Really? 18K. Wow. I did not know that. So he, to win this tournament is obviously huge and it really helps him financially. But I mean, 18k last year is is pretty crazy you know obviously he made money with sponsors and all that other yeah, stuff yeah, but yeah. i mean like um you know and i'm sure he went went over and played 
Uh, did they even go to Dubai last year? I don't even think they did. The I don't know. Yeah. And so he might have gotten some appearance appearance fees, but yeah. But I mean, yeah, shout at Max Homo with a nice with a nice check there. Nice check. Gonna be set up for a little while here. Hopefully he can get some more minutes. I mean, he was he was nails, man. He he played he played really well. He played he played his ass off. He missed mm-hmm. that three footer, but he came back and played his fucking ass off for real in the playoff to mm-hmm. to get that dub. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to me on my two hundred twenty five dollar come up. Yeah, that was um, huge, buddy. You you texted me saying that you had a fifty spot on Homa, and I uh, found out what you were about to get paid out if you won. I was like, oh my god! Like, first of all, I'm turning you into a degenerate, uh, degenerate just like myself, yeah. gambling on everything. Yeah, um, which I'm up, now, I'm up again this week, which is huge. Um, cashed out for another hundy over uh, placing small bets and. Uh, you know, getting up to uh, cash out. So I'm up to, to uh, 250 now for the year on just like bullshit little bets. But I've technically profited 125 because yeah. I had put the 50 on DJ and the 50 on Max. But I have a bet for next week lined up already. I got Tony Fee now in the top five at plus 350, 50 bucks. So same odds as I had Homa at. That's a, that's a move. He's been, so, playing, he's been playing well. You yeah. know me, I like to backdoor these things. I Yeah, I, I'll do that too. I'll he- I'll hedge the bet a little for sure. So, I mean, hopefully hopefully it's a wire to wire win for for Finau for you and you get a cash yeah. out a cash out again. Yeah. Um, I mean, shit man, but I think his last four starts, he got fourth T2 T2 two. solo 2. So yeah. it's like He's going to have, I mean, that's four really good weeks. So he's going to have to have another really good week. Like the top, the he's in the top 10 a lot. The top five, that's a little touchier. You know, that would be, that would be five top fives in a row. So um, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, like you said, I'll hedge the bet. If, if something's changing, I'll put a bet down on something else. Hopefully cover my, cover my ass a little bit. Yeah. It was, uh, it was nice to see Max, uh, you know, kind of emotional there at the end, talking about how this was his favorite tournament growing up. No, I thought that yeah. was cool. Yeah, I mean, you could tell it really was, you know, you know, really affected him and then trying to win this. It was like a home home course for him. So, um, you know, it was, it was really good to see him, uh, you know, be emotional after that and to have Tiger give him the trophy, which was pretty cool. He's, obviously, he grew up idolizing Tiger just like all of us did. And uh, he had that good quote after he said, I used to uh, be there on the weekends hoping to get a high five from Tiger. And now he's giving me a trophy at this tournament. Yeah. Was, that's that's something really, really spectacular and something that he'll obviously tell his kids about, you know, when they get old enough and kind of learn, uh, you know, the ways of golf and everything, which yeah. is, is really, really, really cool. Man, my dad was hating when he started crying. My dad's like, oh, are you serious? I'm like, dude, he grew up in L.A. He's been coming to this tournament since he was four years old. Yeah. He's a huge Tiger fan. It's hosted by Tiger. Like, also, like you said, he only made $18,000 last year. And I'm sure he's also thinking about, holy shit, I just made $1.6 million. So there's a lot of thoughts and feelings running through your head at that point. I would probably fucking cry too. Dude, are you so, fucking kidding me? I'd be bawling my yeah. eyes out if I won $1.6 million in four days. Like, mm-hmm. get the fuck out of my face. I'd oh, be yeah. crying. 
I wouldn't even be able to do a post-game like interview after that. I would just be an absolute mess. Yeah, he did though, and he was he was. That's a good guy. I fuck with him, Max Homa. Shout out Max Homa. I hope to see him do well. We could see that boy win a major, man. If he has another good, just a strong, consistent week, man. Like this was a week where this golf course is not like just an absolute birdie fest the way they're shooting 20 25 under at some places i mean this is this is kind of like a score you're seeing at the masters like a minus 12 a minus 10 like and so it's showing that you're you're having to play a little bit more consistent golf and that's what max homa does he's hitting his targets and he's he's making putts um so it would be really cool to hopefully see him win a major maybe. And, and with the, cause we haven't gotten into it yet, but the, you know, the conditions for the weekend weather wise were so wild that like oh it wasn't conducive God. for like shooting super, super low. I mean, obviously Saturday they had to suspend play for like six hours for the wind to you, die. Did you, you see some of the clips, the clips of like people's balls, like, like oh, just yeah. being absolutely slaughtered. I by the roll 84. Or 45, 50 feet off the green when yeah. he like, had a, not even that hard of a putt because he was so far downwind. That yeah, was, it was crazy. crazy. And then, like, that guy that I, I, I can't remember who it was, but <coughs> sorry, he uh, was standing over his putt and his hat blew off, and then the, the ball started rolling from under his oh feet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's like, like, what do you even, I mean, what do you even do at that point? I mean, like, you got it. You get, you have to call it because like, you know, people, you know, obviously each stroke means so much when you're playing in the tournament like that, yeah. you've got bo- guys balls just rolling off the green when they were just at a standstill is just is is wild. So it was a good call for them to kind of suspend the play. And, you know, when they got yeah. back to it, it kind of calmed down and uh, people were actually able to play, but um, that, that course is, it, it's such a, awesome course to like watch them play like that one i can't remember which hole it is but they've got the the bunker uh, in the green like number six that is the wildest hole i've ever seen in my life like golf is is hard enough you don't got to put a goddamn sand trap in the middle of the fucking green that doesn't work if like it only works in my i feel like because of the novelty you know it's mm-hmm. just a one-off thing like they got one hole where they kind of have this cool like novelty thing if that's all over the place if you're that's a little gimmicky and kind of like frustrating and they were talking about on foreplay i heard about chipping on the green would you yeah. be brave enough to chip off that green if you're if it's across all the way to the bunker or are you putting it around the bunker and then just <sighs> accepting that you're going to probably have a three putt maybe even a four putt honestly like you would honestly you know depending on where you are on that green and like if you're directly over that that sand trap like i don't see much of another option obviously those guys have you know can actually do a lot of crazy shit with their wedges that can make that shit happen. But like, yeah, I would definitely try and chip it, but like, you know, you think they're letting you, you think if you got a caddy, they're letting you, or are they telling you like, no, you, you better put this one. Uh, I would say that for the caddy's sake, they're probably telling you to putt because you're an amateur, but um, you know, you're paying them to be there. So, you know, yeah. Um, Hey yeah. man, you can nip one if you can nip one. If you got that shot in the bag, it's doable. 
hundred percent. I mean, because you don't really have to get it like it's not like you're hitting this crazy flop shot. You know what I mean? Like you're only oh, kinda, yeah, you just, just got to kind of get it in the air and like have it settle back down. You know what I mean? So like yeah. But there was a guy I can't I can't remember who who it was, but he he did it. He he tripped over and the ball yep. just went to next year on him, and he ended up he ended up bogeying the hole. But that's uh, yeah, that that that's a t- that's a tough hole. Yeah, the one sec that e- I'd imagine the easiest pin on that hole is probably front right because that yeah. it's fat fat portion of the green. You don't really have to contend with the bunker unless unless you're a puller. And yeah. you can pull it long left into that bunker, but I think that I think for me the easiest pin would definitely be that front right pin. Yeah, that hole's awesome though. But yeah, that hole is really cool. Anyways, so yeah, anything else left on the on the Genesis? Um, not that I can really think. Of. Oh, there was a hole in one, so that was cool this week. Yeah, that guy won a car, and apparently he made a hole in one at the Genesis in Korea, and he won a car there too. Wow. No. Yeah. So he's Talk won himself two Genesis's in the last month or whatever. Wow, that's wild. Talk about luck. You get two hole-in-ones. Not only do you get two hole-in-ones, but you get a car for it. That's Yeah, he's going to give one to his parents, he said. Fair enough, fair yeah, enough. Gentlemanly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of all I really got for, for that tournament. Um, yep, yep. Now I do have, so we're going to talk about um, a little controversy that happened um, a while back, but um, it caught some, uh, caught some headlines through CNN um, this week. Uh, it was uh, Michelle Wee. Um, and she's, oh, obviously, she's, oh, obviously, she's obviously known for her tabletop putting um, style and she's very tall. She's like six foot tall. Um, and um the governor of New York, I believe it is. He's uh he's just an attorney now. Oh he no, yeah, he was the attorney. Yeah, he was Trump's attorney, right? He yeah, he's uh he was the he was a prosecutor like back in the eighties, and then he was the mayor of New York in the nineties, and now yeah. he's an attorney. So um, Rudy Giuliani, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. So um he was on uh, Steve Bannon's uh podcast and talking about um you know playing in this uh this charity tournament or whatever and um it's the dumbest the most irrelevant story so irrelevant and like he's catching so much shit for it because obviously what he said was fucked and like um so she was on the green um you know getting ready to make her putt or whatever and um so he was quoted by saying, now, Michelle, we is gorgeous. She's six foot um, and she has a strange putting stance. She bends all the way over and her underwear shows. Um, he used a different word, but uh, we're going to keep it. Because he's a fucking nasty weirdo. Yes. When it's uh, literally a, a skirt with shorts built right. in under it. Um, and uh, so he says, yeah, and her uh, underwear was showing and the press is going uh, going crazy um he went on to finish the story um by uh asking if it's okay to tell this joke and to which bannon replied um we already told it so i don't know um and she came out and said you know it's highly inappropriate and unsettling um you know what should be be remembered is how she played and how you know women golfers are you know shot 64 shot a 64 and they 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 ended up winning the tournament because she was she played so well um and that's all that he 
could remember from it is trying to like objectify her and uh, referencing her underwear, um, you know, for all day, which is, you know, just a shitty thing to, you know, do. So um, Look, man, I'm not like at the end of the day, humans are humans check other humans out. Like it just happens. But the thing is, is you don't go, you don't need to go and like, point it out and talk about it and be nasty as fuck or be a creep and stare like okay obviously like we look we look at people you know everybody does girls yeah. check guys out guys check girls out it happens but when you start like giggling about it to rush limbaugh in the cart with you and then when you go on a podcast and like tell a story about it when really they're following you not because of that they're following you because you're with an extremely famous golfer and you're two extremely famous men exactly and and when he was telling that story steve bannon just looked more and more uncomfortable the further it went he's just looking like are you seriously saying this shit right now right like you just sound dumb you sound like a creepy douchebag. And also, I don't know if you watched Borat 2, mm-hmm. but uh, Giuliani is in it. They trick him into giving an interview with like Borat's like, quote, daughter. Oh, who yeah, is, yeah. Her character's 15. Yeah, he's like ready to have sex with this girl, not even realizing like she's supposed to be a minor. And then Borat busts in and he dips the fuck out. Ex- absolutely exposing. He's a sick, disgusting man. Yes, he is. He's, he's not a good person. Um, we don't need to go through his, uh, his little political history here with, uh, with a Trumper, but, um, yeah, he's, he's not a, he's not a good dude. And, um, you know, he's once again, uh, brushing the, uh, the paint on the wall. It says that he is a uh, piece of shit. So, um, you know, props to her for, for coming out and making that statement and kind of bringing it to a forefront and, you know, kind of, trying to make it so that he can't get away with saying shit like this and hopefully yeah. you know, he kind of takes a look in the mirror but um you know it's just a shitty thing to do and um she's a tremendous golfer one of the best you know in the world for uh for women's golf and golf in general and uh so big props to her for for standing her ground and uh you know making that making that statement yeah absolutely uh so next up, man, this is not on your list, but this was something I had written down I wanted to ask you about, nope. which was, what do you think are, there's this article, it's the 41 absolute worst feelings in golf. And I was curious what your worst feelings in golf are. Uh, worst feelings in golf. Um, well, my number one is obviously uh, stealing my fucking <laughs> golf ball. Yeah. Um, yep. I hate when that shit happens. Um, I would say probably like topping a drive at like a chair or like a, you know, like an outing or some shit when there's like a bunch of people in front of you or like cold shanking some shit. Like while there's a bunch of people watching you, um, mm-hmm. missing three footers is pretty bad. Um, That's a shitty one. Not being able to get out of a fucking bunker. Yeah. One of the ones on here is is uh, blading a sandwich out of a bunker. One is chunking a chip and then blading the next chip. Yeah. No, that's one of the worst feelings because you just hit the two worst possible shots. That Outcomes, you yeah. <laughs> like um, the, two one, the two things you don't want to do. Dude, uh, this is one that I really relate to. Hitting a drive into the rough and not finding your ball. Ugh. I feel like I'm the worst ball searcher ever. And I'm constantly just fucking losing balls in the rough. And it's so irritating. 
I feel that. Um, thankfully, I've got those uh, those sunglasses that can help me out when I'm uh, really fucking up. Um, those blue light sunglasses that I can t- I can toss on and they make the ball stick out like a sore thumb in the rough. Um, yeah. Those things are really cool. Shout out, Marcus. Got me those for Christmas a couple years back. I use them frequently. Those are uh, those things are the bomb. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely a shitty feeling, especially yeah. like when you know you hit one pretty solid and it's out there and you're like, I can for sure find this and it's just gone. Like that's that's a terrible feeling. <laughs> Dude, another good one is witnessing a hole in one. Low key, that is that is shitty. You're probably you're sitting there like, man, yeah. I fucking suck. I've never seen one like live. Really? So how about making bogey or worse from the middle of the fairway? Yeah, that's a that's a shitty feeling. I've, yep. uh, I'm I'm very well versed in that one. Here's one I'm well versed in: laying up into trouble. <laughs> I'm the king of hitting layup shots into wall. Like there's a pond in the middle of the fair. I'm like I'm just gonna hit a nice eight iron here. R- absolute wrong club, middle of the water. I I do that shit all the time. <laughs> it's so annoying. Run at Marcus running late for a tee time. Well, Marcus probably doesn't even give. He a don't shit. even give a fuck, dude. Yeah, that's chilling. that's not a worry of his. <laughs> it's more of a um a worry for me. Yeah, yeah. So waiting on your late friends for yes. having to apologize for the group you just hit into. Uh, You're like oh shit, sorry. It, I didn't it depends on it with. depends on the situation. I've definitely hit into some motherfuckers that are pissing me off uh, that have been in front of me, but. Um, actually a really funny story me and Marcus were playing I'm sure I've told you this story before but I don't think I've ever told it on the podcast but this was a couple years back we were playing this golf course that was right by our house when we lived over in uh, Sterling Heights and um, so we played this golf course all the time called Fern Hill and uh, so first hole is like it's like drivable um, pretty much like you, you hit your drive and you're you're like a 60 degree in pretty much at any point um so um you know i i drive we're on the green um the next group hits up into us isn't a big deal you know it's the first hole like i told i told you that that hole is pretty much drivable so whatever you know they they gave us the wave you know it's fine we move on to the next hole um we're going onto the green and basically how this whole setup is you hit, you hit your drive and then it's a literal 90 degree turn going into the green. Right. So you hit your drive and me and Marcus are coming off of the green and this guy is hitting the ball onto the green as we're, as Marcus is finishing his putt. I, I had just finished my putt and I was walking off the green, this ball literally like as I'm walking off the green goes right in front of me, like almost hits oh. me directly in the head oh, man. and I throw my hands up and the guy like, is like, what? Like, I like, like it wasn't a big deal. And so, um, I, I was already kind of annoyed, you know, at the first time. And then he did it to me again on the second hole. So then I, um, I let them play through on the next hole. The next hole is a par three, you know, so we let them finish the hole and the next hole is a par four. So um, I was really pissed off about that and how that guy acted, acted like nothing even happened. So um, there, they had just driven and I told Marcus, like, I, I was like, I'm going to hit into him. And so I take my uh, four mm-hmm. iron out and I uh, hit my shot and I hit the top of their golf cart with yeah. the golf ball. 
and uh, they both get out of their golf cart and throw their hands up, and I give them I give them the bird, and then uh, they kind of go go out their way, and we were kind of like you know going back and forth for a second, but um, I told Marcus so I was like I'm gonna hit these guys, <laughs> I hit the top yeah. of the golf cart. <laughs> Dude, but that's that's super annoying that he hit into you and then just acted like nothing happened at all. And you know what? We've we've all done that. Like so, you know, like. People can be a dickhead and they're going to hit into you. Here's what I do when people hit into me. I just pick up their golf ball. Yeah. You I either started. do that or hit it back at them. Yeah. I pick, I just take it. Cause they, cause there's nothing like they, they know they hit it down there mm-hmm. and they, they fucking know when it's not there. They're like, that motherfucker picked it up. I'm like, yes, I did, buddy. Your pro V1 is mine now. You yeah. fucking take hit that. It <laughs> yeah, my dad's definitely hit a golf ball back at some people before and it's uh quite the showing so i've never done that before <laughs> but yeah so i thought that was pretty funny and then i also wanted to tell you about what happened to this guy andy pope who was the third alternate for the genesis this week okay. well basically a bunch of shit happened where uh whatever burger withdrew and then there was some other weird thing that happened with an alternate and basically this guy ended up he was supposed to be in the tournament. Nobody notified him of his place changing. Oh, no. He didn't get a call. He didn't get anything. So he found out the day. He missed the tournament. He oh, didn't get to play. That's so shitty. And it's like, how do you not have a system where he yeah, gets a call saying, hey, you're first alternate now. You're in. Like, Wow. Did he Monday qualify or was it like a sponsor exam? I want to say, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Let me look that'd it up. Be real shitty. Quick. That'd be so shitty if it was a sponsor exam because you only get so many of those. And if you just wasted a sponsor exam because like the, uh, they didn't give you a call, like that'd be so shitty. Cause I think you only get what, like 10 of those a season or some shit. Uh, I have, I have, abs- I have no idea how many of those you get or how any of that works. Um, but all I know is that, that really sucks dude to be to have basically had an opportunity here where you know i mean he's a corn fairy tour guy maybe he's gonna miss the cut and not make any money but also it's an opportunity to break through so i'm sure he was really looking forward to that and then he just kind of got fucked so that really sucks yeah that is that is super shitty and then Another thing we got to talk about was everyone's losing their mind over Joaquin Neiman, like wearing an untucked shirt. Oh yeah. It's like, okay. I saw these people saying like, you're professionals do you. So you're expected to do certain things. Basketball players are professionals and they wear fucking tank tops and shorts. Like you should let them wear whatever they're comfortable in to play golf as long as it's like appropriate. And that outfit was completely appropriate. Just leave them alone. Yeah, you know, you know how it is with the golf, the golf snobs. They gotta have their 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 way out there, and if someone isn't following the rules to their liking, they're gonna get out, uh, get out those old Twitter fingers and uh, start screaming at some people. And uh, it doesn't matter who you are. And I don't even know like if he was doing it like intentionally or if like because obviously his fucking swing so fucking herky jerky that like he could have had it tucked in and like his shit came untucked from how pot like crazy his fucking backswing is and shit and then he just well he had it untucked for because i saw in his like pre-round interview mm-hmm. yeah yeah but... untucked for most of the day well it is what it is i don't it give a fuck just like exactly like just oh it's so stuffy anyways dj so was wearing that's... a hoodie so yeah i dude and no one said shit about that 
nobody has looked better in the hoodie than DJ. Honestly, yeah. he DJ looks and Rory so are, in that hoodie. Are the goddamn golden child children of the tour, and uh, they can do no wrong. So uh rory and him uh and dj both looked very very uh very well done in their in their hoodies on respective events so let me hear this uh club championship story you got hold on hold on i want to get to get to one one more thing before that so are you you big coffee drinker uh i'm not i i i drink coffee but i'm not a person who needs coffee in the morning to wake up yeah so it's I'm not, not I'm not a big, I'm not a big coffee drinker by any means, but um, a study has came out that says that um, drinking a coffee before your round may improve your improve your game. And is that because of the caffeine? Just gives you a little more. Um, a little bit of the caffeine, but it is high in protein as well, and the protein um, you know will last a little longer in your body, other than like the caffeine. So it gives you a little more energy to last you a little bit longer um, throughout the round. So it says that um, you could potentially you know be looking to shoot better, and um, obviously. You know, Phil does it, and he, uh, you know, turns coffee. coffee for wellness. Head ass yeah, coffee for wellness. Uh, he drinks coffee into a uh, performance benefit. So why can't the the rest of the world drink coffee and uh, be, be better at golf, right? So does this mean that now, every time we play golf, when we stop in the morning and we get our our bacon and egg McGriddles, that yeah. we're gonna have to start getting a little McCafe along with that bit? I mean, if it drops some scores for me, I'm all about it. Never forget when you had the bacon McGriddle and the squirrel took it out of the out of the golf cart. Yeah, that was and I and I sprinted from the green because I had left my club and I caught the squirrel and I saved your sandwich. Yeah, that was a you know a true legendary move out of you. Um, I was running around that golf course like a maniac at certain you, points, you, like forgetting clubs doing crazy shit just run. i was all over the place i my head we our 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 old uh partner who's no longer our partner necessarily uh he had a little bit of the dabaroonies we'll say and a little mm-hmm. pen you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i might have smacked that and it might have put me off my edge a little bit so yeah i was just my head wasn't quite on my shoulders right that day i'm not really a big wax guy so but you saved the day by getting that sandwich for me because I was violently hungover and I definitely Dude, you were that, violently hungover. I needed that sandwich and um, I didn't care if that squirrel had eaten half of it. I would have eaten the rest of it and I would have caught ra- uh, um, you know, some fucking dumb disease from them, uh, rabies or some shit, and I still would have eaten it. Like I don't care. There was not one day that we woke up for a round of golf during that trip where we both just felt good and fresh like no. we were just hung over and in pain every single morning that morning when we went with peter i think that was the worst yeah that you that, were that was a tough day you were crushing water as soon as we woke up yeah. i went the opposite route i brought a water bottle filled with rum and then yeah. was mixing it with orange juice yeah you so, uh you really took the bender to the next level but i went hard a whole a whole water bottle of rum to the golf course and i drank the whole thing too yeah and then no. Jared picked us up bro yeah i was pounding uh beers that day so it took me a little bit to get to your level but you know i think i ended up uh crushing a 15 pack of beer by myself throughout 18 holes so um you know 
the boys were buzzing that day. It was a good day. And I ended up shooting a 79 that day on that golf course. So that was, that was a, that was a good run. That golf course was fun. I think we all had the, I think we all had the most fun that day just because it was the three of us. It was kind yeah. of the best vibe. For sure. After we got through those first couple holes and got out of like the worst part of our hangovers, it was, yeah. it was smooth sailing from there. Oh, for sure. Um, so yeah, let's get to this uh, golf horror story. It's a club championship again. We're going back to this. So um, this guy, he he belonged to um, a country club, but he hadn't played uh, golf in a couple years. Um, so one of his buddies um, that was a member there convinced him to play in the club championship. Um, and uh, so he did. He went in, uh, grabbed his clubs out of the shed there and went and went and you know, started to play. So it was a two day event. Um, on the very first hole, he ended up putting a bunch of balls into the water and he recorded a 27 wow. on that hole. Wow. Um, and so he, instead of quitting, he finished the round or whatever. So they posted that score, which I'm sure was outrageous if you put up a 27 on the first hole i'm sure the rest of your day didn't go very well uh you're i mean you're after the first hole if you par out i said if you make 27 on hole one let's say it's a par four so you're 23 strokes over par if you par out from there 96 you're on track for 95 96 yeah. And you're not paring out from there. No, hundred percent not. Um, so anyways, they, so he finishes the round so that he can play the next, the next day with his buddy or whatever. And um, so that score got posted in the clubhouse and the next day, the uh, pro shop guy handed him a sleeve of balls and said, uh, you deserved a prize for not quitting the the day before. <laughs> so it's, you know, pretty funny touch there. And uh, wow. the I'm sure of balls. Thanks, man. I'm sure he was, uh, you know, talked about uh, for many of the years after uh, after that club championship for posting a 27 on a uh, on one hole. That's a that's a that's a blow up hole if I've ever uh, ever heard one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think I would ever play to that point, but I guess. Uh, I yeah, I would have. Uh, I would have quit for sure. If you're forced to in a tournament, you know, but like even on a regular day, like. If it's taken me up to 27, I'm probably pick. I've probably picked up. Before. Well, yeah, I would have picked up long before the 27 was happening. I, okay, I can't even imagine, like, how many golf balls did he have to put in the water to even like get to that point? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, like 10, you hit fucking like seven to ten golf balls in a row in the water. Like, you hit one in, you're hitting three. You hit the next one, then you're hitting five, then you're hitting you're hitting two more for each one. So yeah. That's, I mean, you, you hit 10 and you're basically, you're hitting, you're, you're hitting 20 right there. So, right. I mean, you hit your 20, your 10th ball. So Jesus something like that. So that's pretty crazy. That's Sergio at the masters on the 15th pole S remember that? Yeah. And he just could not get the ball on the green. He was hitting, he hit just like five beautiful wedge shots in a row and they just all just spun back off the green into they were good shots oh for sure a bit a bit short yep just a bit short and they all roll off um so yeah let's uh let's slide into uh fan or foe and then uh you know we'll we'll get on out of here um so we're gonna start off with uh daniel berger um so 
He is a Tampa boy. He started golfing uh, at age 11. He recorded his first hole-in-one at 13. Wow, so um, two years it took him. Yeah, two years. That's disrespectful. Um, That's fucking talent. So his dad was a tennis pro and was actually the coach of the 2012 Olympic uh, tennis team. Well, so I'm assuming he's a country club kid. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, he has obviously said that if uh, he wasn't a golfer, he would have been a tennis pro. Um, and it's kind of he uses some really old clubs, surprisingly. Um, he uses tailor-made MC irons that are from 2011. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen those clubs, but they're kind of weird looking. And uh, he uses those. Yeah, he uses those. And uh, he said that if he ever needed more, he would have to buy them off eBay. Are you serious? He uses it because they have new combo. Wow. The are you serious? This is what he's using. Yeah, that is quote That's from Golf Digest. So I wonder why. I don't I wonder, know, man. He just likes the feel of them, I guess. Yeah, but just, like, I wonder if he's tested. Do you think he's tested new stuff? I'm sure he has, but um, because I just can't imagine why the technology is just so much better now. Yeah. Like, you like the feel of those, yes, but realistically, like, you would he would probably do better with the with the with the more advanced technology. You would think. Because they can fine-tune that shit to make it just fucking perfect for him, oh, you know? Oh, sure. So, I'm sure, he, I'm sure it's a superstition little bit type yeah, thing. Yeah, um, 100%. Um, so, he has four tour wins, and he's won 4.4 mil. Um, now, I don't know if that included the recent win there. So, like, he probably has made more than that. Because um, I don't think that – when I was looking at the Golf Digest article, that was from, like, a couple years ago. So, um, – uh, Dude, he has a lot more than yeah. That's what I was assuming. He has almost twenty million in earnings. Twenty mil now, holy hell! Yeah, he's got nineteen point five seven million. That makes he's got two point. He's got two point one million in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that that makes a lot more sense because I saw that number. I was like, I gotta say though, foe. I don't. He just hot take. Fuck boy vibes. Like he had. He's got a punchable face, you know what I mean? He does have a punchable face. Like, I was he just, just looks about like to say he'd that. be a fucking asshole. And I you know what? I hope we never get big and then somehow I have to talk to him and he had heard that, but uh it's World just how it's just how I feel. I he could be the nicest guy in person, but it's really easy to just look at people on a screen and yeah. say whatever thought comes to your mind. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. He, uh, yeah, he, he definitely does have a punchable face. We're in week 15, so I would, uh, I would definitely say that he's probably not going to hear this podcast. Um, yeah, no, he's before, before we blow up. Um, plays, so, so, you know, I think, I think we're good there, but, um, he's yeah, he's not in the world. That's surprising. He's not exactly like the most flashy golfer out there. Um, so that goofy swing yeah so i would say i'm not like like a huge fan of him like if he's leading a tournament i'm not like rooting for him to win so i would say rigs i I would you would say what'd you say he swings like rigs oh (laughs) Uh, like flat as shit in the back swing so i'm gonna go foe foe on this one as well he doesn't move the needle for me so 
Yeah, he's the ops. Fuck him. Um, so oh, next, next motherfucker. Next guy, we got Harry English. Yeah. And he went to yeah. Georgia. He, uh, his favorite players growing up were Davis Love and Freddie Couples. Um, he loves hunting and he's a thrill seeker. He wants to like go skydiving and fly in an F 16 um, fighter jet and he wants to drive in a NASCAR uh, car. So he's, uh, you know, he, he's a thrill seeker for sure. Yeah, he uh, looks like a thumb. He does look like a thumb. Which looks like, like a thumb. You remember that movie Spy Kids? Dude, yes. <laughs> he looks like the thumb person. Yeah, so that's exactly what I was thinking when when he said that. I was like, Dude, he looks so he just, Is it that his neck is just like really fucking wide? Like what is it? Ass, he's got a big ass forehead too. Dude, like this man's neck just it's just wide, bro. It's like the same width. He uh, his jaw doesn't show as much cuz his neck is so fucking wide, dude. <sighs> God dang, he looks like that. You remember the guy from the meme with the wide neck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, remember when him and the kid with the long neck linked yeah. up? Yeah, that was... That's fucking crazy that those two linked up. Wide neck and long neck. That kid has a tattoo on his arm that says Daddy Long Neck. That's just a, a poor a poor life decision. He says when he gets girls, he wants them to like kiss on his neck. I would assume when you have a neck, the neck like a draft that's uh, <laughs> all fair game. You know what I mean? You're like, this is what I'm into. Right. That's your for sure kink. Um, but uh, English here, he's made 16 million on tour. So he's had a good career here. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ops. You know, he's, uh, he's not a needle mover. Um yeah, no, he's he's, really... he's another guy that like if he's leading the tournament, you're not like, oh man, I'm pulling for him to win. I want everybody in the world except for him to win. I'm like, no, I don't care about this. I'm like, you didn't even win, and you're in the century tournament of champions because they needed to hype it up more. So you really, in reality, didn't deserve this win. Yeah, dude, his name is like a lot bigger than what he plays to. You know what I mean? Like you hear the name and like you know people like it, like in a stacked like a uh, tournament or whatever, and he's like a you know big draw, I guess. But like like I said, he doesn't ever move the needle really. Like he doesn't have like iconic moments where you're like, oh man, this guy's so fucking sick. So um, I don't trust Georgia. Yeah, he's uh, he was on that team with Patrick Reed. He's from South Georgia. Yeah. He's on that team with Patrick Reed before he left. And at Augusta uh, – oh, at the Georgia Bulldogs? Yeah. And then Patrick Reed went to Augusta State after that, right? Right. Well, yeah, I'm saying foe too. Yeah. yeah. Thumb man. Um, and then lastly, we've got Cameron Smith. Oh, my um, God. He turned Did pro – he turned pro in 2013. He has four tour wins. Um, he's a big rugby fan. Um, after he uh, ends his golf career, he wants to own his own uh, coffee shop. Um, cool. Loves uh, loves maintaining his yard. Um, he takes pictures all the time for on his Instagram of how like well maintained his grass is cut. Um, He's won um, $11.7 million on tour, and he uses Titleist clubs. So. He's probably got some money on uh, the international tours as well, I would guess. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he won a lot of like amateurs and stuff like that over there. Uh, he's five so. eleven. He kind of looks short out there. And, and we can't dismiss his fucking mullet right now. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. The okay, boy so lettuce is going crazy right now. Here's the thing: is I like Cameron Smith. I like Aussies. I'm all about that, but I can't get down with this fucking mullet, and I can't get down with this wispy pedophile mustache. <laughs> I, like my dad was comparing him to Larry Bird. He's he. My dad was like <laughs> that. This looks like Larry Bird when he had his dirty mustache and his That's mullet. Hilarious. So, that does seem uh, very, very much like that. Uh, they were saying, Nick Faldo was saying on the broadcast how he's like, oh, yeah, he said his girlfriend doesn't like it. <laughs> but, and sure. his parents hate it as well, but all his friends love it. <laughs> That's a very good uh, impression of Faldo right there. Thanks, bro. Thanks. I had to send that shit real quick. Yeah, the mullets, the mullets coming in right now. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, there's a lot of people that are rocking the mullet right now. Um, That's not it. It's, it's taken a taken a while. The hockey players had uh, full control of the mullet for a long time, and yeah, now uh, coming back into style. So, um, you know, he's the only one out there rocking it right now, and uh, it gives him a little more of a signature look and. He uh he's really fucking good at golf. I do like Dude, him a lot. So Ricky I'm, Fowler could I'm grow go a fucking man. mullet, man. Oh my lord, he he already does. The, Ricky Fowler could do that look if anyone could do that look, and it would be disgusting, and I would hate it. But I would I would hate it so much that I would love it. You know what I'm yes. saying? And I think that's just because he's an American, but um. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm all in on, on Cameron Smith. I think I'm a friend. Cool. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. I hate the hair, but and I hate the mustache. But shit, I don't even know if I can say I'm a fan. I was rooting against him aggressively. Well, it's money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so once, once right, you have, like I said, once you have money on the line, it's a whole different ball game. You are you are hoping a a player like absolutely breaks their leg walking off the tee if they yeah. are uh winning the tournament and your guy is right behind them so yeah. um i know the last two weeks when we were putting all of our money on speed um we uh were very much rooting against every single person in the tournament now there was just too many people to root against when you have speed uh money line so yeah. um it's a little more difficult but it was nice that we got in the winner circle this week um because you were bleeding pretty hard um getting down on uh on gambling but you had a good week this week so hopefully you can repeat with another another big yeah. one this week dude i'm gonna i'm gonna honestly try to make smart bets like yes. i'm gonna do top tens top fives and i'll do the winners but i'm not doing the winner bets until sunday, sunday. yes that's the key Doing the top tens is a little bit easier. Obviously, if you just like pick the fucking favors, the heavy yes. guys, like you, you know, got a good chance. DJ's gonna be in the top ten. So you I mean, know, it's it's generally a little bit easier to do it that way. But eventually, you're gonna start venturing into other sports because you're gonna wanna wanna start making some damn money. Maybe, and, but I just I don't I don't know though because I just I don't really watch I don't watch anything. Maybe like in football season. Mm-hmm. Would, but even then i don't i don't know enough like i just like the steelers i'm not really paying attention to the nfl which yeah yeah i feel like i pres- i should probably stay out of betting on things besides golf and Absolutely. i'm trying to stick to only using like 
money that I've won to continue betting, you know? That's what I've been doing. So that's I once I get over that hundred dollar thresh or threshold, I cash out. So I like I'll get you know, once I get to like hundred and twenty dollars, is I'll start with twenty dollars and then once I get past that that hundred and twenty, I cash that that out and you know, use it for whatever I'm gonna use it for and then trying to, you know, revamp to get another hundred. So I've done that twice so far. But I you know, I'm not betting like crazy amount of money. Like you you dropped a fifty spot on yeah. one bet like I'm dropping, I'm dropping $5 on, on parlays and shit like that and making, you know, you know, returns on that and shit. So, um, I have to bet like 20 to 25 bets to make my hundred dollars and you, you've made more money in your one bet than I've made through two weeks of betting, uh, through smaller bets. So well, how much total have you profited? 250 no you've profited more than me i've only profited 125 yeah but it's because i i put more down i put one on dj too and that was that went sour so well yesterday i went i i did i did really good betting yesterday i was four and four and one on the day yesterday today i'm kind of getting my ass kicked but uh let's see if my parlay hit i had like a 17 parlay and we're still... even, what the hell is a parlay? I don't even so know. I'm betting on like college basketball right now. So if you parlay with like, uh, you know, a bunch of different teams. So like right now I have, I picked the winners of seven different basketball games. And if they all hit, I, I win the bet. So, which it did. So I just hit, I hit a big bet for, I put five down to win 50. So. Oh, nice. That's so that was huge. You picked seven uh, games, right? Yeah, seven man. seven games. Good shit, man. Yeah, that was fucking huge. Fuck yeah. So we're back so at So could I do a parlay of a golf of like yep. trying well, to pick like five of the top ten players or something? Um, yeah, but the chances of you hitting five top tens or five top 20s is pretty difficult. Dude, five top 20s I could do. I could totally pick five top 20. That's uh, that's risky. That's why I stick to like basketball, like college basketball. If you just pick all the fucking favorites, like Dude, you usually you win. Could, we could easily do five out of twenty for golf. Are you fucking kidding me? DJ Tony Finau, Patrick Cantlay. Right now, Jordan Spieth is probably going to be in the top twenty. Joaquin Neiman, boom, you got five that are almost surely going to be in the top twenty. Put your money where your mouth is this week and do it. Okay, bet I will. I will. I'm going to. I will put down one of these bets. Um, so yeah, I think that kind of covers every, everything for the week. Um, did want to shout out all the people that have purchased stuff through um, our website because uh, we did launch our um, our clothing brand um, last week, and um, uh, so yeah, that, that was uh, really cool for everyone to uh, show us some support. We're gonna be keep posting about it on our page. So whatever you guys um, can do to support support us, it's gonna go back into our company and uh, really uh, you know bring some new stuff to the page for us. So um, thank you for everyone that's uh, showed some support so far, and hopefully uh, we get some more coming in the door soon. Absolutely. That might have been the worst golf shot of my life right there. We got our worst golfer a lot. That's why it's hell, folks. Oh, 